highly excited to be before you guys to teach the word. And Pastor got me even more excited because he just was all in the study. Um, you know, 1 Corinthians 13. So we're going to explore the heart today. We're going to discuss and examine a state of the heart or state of being that so many of us have struggled with for so long. And even in this moment, we're struggling with it. And it's the vulnerable heart. Pastor said vulnerable. It's, full, it's fine. That's holy go. Yep. All right. So the objectives and the outcomes of this study, this teaching, is to learn what it means to be vulnerable, to get to the ish, root issue of why we make it so difficult to be vulnerable. Because I have it. I had an issue. Had, you know. Um, to learn how our vulnerability, how it affects others, to learn what God can do with a vulnerable heart, because that's more important. And the overall outcome is just to be more vulnerable. We have to be. It's very important. Okay. So we're going to look at it naturally for a little bit, and we're going to go to see what God says, what the scripture says about it. So vulnerability is defined as the quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. So you're open to being hurt, as Pastor said. You're open to attack or you're open to be damaged. You're in danger, you're exposed, you're liable to adverse action or contingency, you're open, you're sensitive, you're subject to fill in the blank, you're susceptible. But the way it is, the way we conceive vulnerability is that it's a weakness because we're at risk of being harmed. So let me just say this, and we're going to build up on this. So the only person that sees our vulnerability as an opportunity to attack us is the enemy. And only those who are not vulnerable sees everyone as the enemy. But as we've been told multiple times, we only have one enemy. So if you are not vulnerable, or if I'm not vulnerable, I'm going to see Star as an enemy because I won't let her in my heart. I'm going to see Teacher as an enemy. I'm going to see Berta as an enemy. I'm going to see Miss Didi as an I'm going to see everybody as an enemy because I'm not letting you in. God as an enemy because I'm not letting him in. Because we hide things from God. We hide things from one another. But we're going to talk about hiding. We're going to talk about confessing. We're going to talk about a lot of things when it comes to being vulnerable. Because it's essential to building peace, keeping the bond of peace, walking in love, as we just talked about, Amen. going after the lost and, building other, and bringing others to Christ. It's very important. So let's go to the scriptures. What does the word of God have to say about being vulnerable? Minister Al, we're going to go to 2 Corinthians 6, verses 11 through 13 in the complete Jewish Bible. Can y'all see past me? Cool. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 at verse 11. Dear friends in Corinth, we have spoken frankly to you. We have opened our hearts wide. Any constraint you feel has not been imposed by us, but by your own inner selves. So, just to be fair, I am using the language of children. Open wide your hearts too. Glory to God. Amen. So, a little bit higher, Paul is making a plea to the people in Corinth, to not take the grace of God in vain. Then he's telling us, well, he's telling them, I mean, the word is for us, to be, to open our hearts wide because he's opened his heart wide to them or to us. God has opened his heart wide to us. And then he comes down after around 14 and he says to not be um, yoked with the unbeliever. 
but we're just going to stick with 11 through 13 right now. So at verse 11, Paul is making a greater plea to believers that they return the same Christian affection that has been shown to them. So he's saying that we have opened our hearts to you. We have opened them wide. But for some reason, it's still being rejected. If you look at pastor, if you look at teacher, they've opened their hearts wide to us. They have not hidden any part of themselves. Even with God, he has opened his heart wide to us. Yet we reject pastor, teacher. We reject each other. We reject God in some form or fashion. This is what the people in Corinth were doing. And so Paul is saying that when you open your heart wide, you are expanding it for other people. You're expanding it to receive others. You're welcoming them and embracing them in Christian affection, in love. And it also means to receive instruction, to open your heart wide. So the vulnerable heart, it doesn't lack room for others. It makes room, and it seeks to love and return affection. I mean, didn't Pastor just say it? But okay. Just saying he was all in there. Um, so the vulnerable heart, it doesn't take the notion that I'm not going to let you in because you've hurt me or because you're going to hurt me. And you only lack room in your heart when you are selfish, and that's pride. Minister Shamir, when she taught on um, being weapons of mass destruction, she indicated to us that not being vulnerable is pride. So when you are not, or when you are not vulnerable, you'll never be able to receive a person no matter what their efforts are. They can open their hearts to you. They can open their homes to you. They can extend love. But because you are not vulnerable, you won't receive them. You will misinterpret and misunderstand every action, everything that they do. Every communication or opportunity to communicate, there will always be some misunderstanding because we're not vulnerable. We develop a delusional and paranoid thinking pattern. He or she is out to get me. They don't like me. They always leave me out. They trying to take my job. They trying to take over Go what ahead. I do. If Just an example. If I'm assigned to clean the bathroom and vacuum the floor, and I see Star want to come and clean the restrooms, why would I get offended that she's cleaning it? We're trying to keep the temple of God clean together. This is the body. So it's not about taking offense or getting mad or somebody's trying to comfort what you're doing. We are working alongside each other and we need to know who's laboring among us. But because we don't want to be vulnerable, we don't know. So you become an internal slanderer and consistently jump to the wrong conclusions when we are not vulnerable. You think people are gossiping about you. You say she don't like me. He don't. And I'm talking about myself because I done did it, okay? You would think people don't like us. We say she hate me. She gossiping about me. She is thinking this way about me. That's totally untrue. And then we have the audacity to go to people that we are close to who are like-minded in our paranoia and delusional thinking, and now we're slandering people. That's not love. That is not love, and it's not being vulnerable. So verse 12. Go back to verse 12. I see 13. Boom. We're going to talk about constraint. So Paul is saying that any constraint that you feel is within yourself. Nobody has impressed that upon you. It's not anybody else. It's you. It's me. I'm the one with the issue. Okay? So constraint is defined as stiffness, uneasiness, uneasiness restriction, Embarrassment, my favorite one, awkwardness. 
I've said this so many times. Every time I talk to her, it's awkward. Every time I have a conversation with teacher, it just feel awkward. It just feel wrong. It was me, okay? Paul said, it's you. It's not us. It's you. It was me, okay? Constraint is also guardedness, repression of emotions, feelings, and behaviors. You're repressing what needs to be expressed. And essentially, you're withholding love by force. Love is trying to break through and have its way in these relationships, and we are constraining love. Lord Jesus, help us all. So Paul is also saying that he's done nothing but only spoken the truth, and he has not hidden anything from the people in Corinth like they have hid things from him. So people who choose not to be vulnerable, we like to hide bits and pieces of ourselves. We like to hide our little quirks and personalities. We like to hide our little sin, okay? That secret sin. We, we the body. Um, we like, some of us, we like to hide in plain sight. So we act like we didn't take offense to something. We just pretend, we put on facades. Let's explore the word hide. What does it mean? Let's get to the root issue. We cannot hide. Hide is to cut off, destroy. Saints, we talking about the vulnerable heart. Welcome. Come on, welcome. Sit down. We exploring ourselves. We gonna let some of this stuff go. Pulling these strongholds down. We talking about the vulnerable heart. And we talking about, we talk about hiding bits and pieces of ourselves. Hiding our personality, hiding our sin. Hiding in plain sight. We acting like we don't take offense to stuff when we really do. We got strife and bitterness in our hearts. We're our brothers, the vulnerable heart. We talk about being vulnerable. We gonna be vulnerable by the end of this teaching. Praise him. So hide, to cut off, to destroy, to annihilate, to deny, and to disown. So when you try to hide, you're disconnected. You work alongside the enemy to destroy the work of God because you're not connected with God. And it means to disown and destroy, to annihilate. And that's all that the enemy does. He tries to annihilate and destroy the kingdom of God. So when we hide, we're working with him to destroy the work of God. Also, to hide means to evade responsibility, to ignore your call, your purpose. You ignore the word of God. And then when we try to hide things, we're, we're taking shelter and seeking safety and retreating to a stronghold, which is just an altar built to worship Satan. You're retreating to an altar that's built to worship Satan when you hide. It's a refusal. We refuse God when we hide parts of our heart. But I got a scripture for that. Psalm 69, verse 5. It had me weak. New King James Version. It says, yeah, I'm going to read it though, but I need the people to see it too. Because it had me weak. I was reading this, and I was, I was weak. Okay, it says, oh, God, you know my foolishness, and my sins are not hidden from you. So why do we try to hide from God? He sees it. He knows it. Why do we try to hide from our leaders like they can't see it? Let me give an example. So this happened a few years ago, maybe a year or so ago. Pastor... Um, you know, he looks after his daughters, especially the single ones. Right. And, you know, when he hears a word from God to really minister to us about preparing to be a wife, he going to say it. Yep. And he going to call you by name or it could be in a, you know, just overall and you just got to snatch it out the atmosphere for you. But he called me by name multiple times, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm, Pastor, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember in prayer, I was in prayer one day at home, and I just, I just bust out crying. I said, Lord, I didn't trust you with this part of my heart. 
for me to be married, to be in a relationship, because I didn't want nobody to come and hurt me again. I'm not being vulnerable, and I have the audacity to not trust you with this peace. I can't receive anything my pastor is trying to speak into me to prepare me to be that wife. I was like, Lord, I repent. I'm so done. I think I called teacher that next day, right? I told her, first thing she said, when? I know. Your leaders know. We can't hide it. God knows. We can't hide it. I told pastor, repented. What? Yes, pastor. I, never, I didn't receive nothing you were saying. Lord, help me. It's no point of hiding because we hinder for progression. We hinder the words that are being spoken over our lives. Like, Jason could have been here if I hadn't chose not to receive. But, you know, now we're vulnerable. Praise him. Hey, come on. Hey. All right. Uh, verse 13. These lights are blinding. Um, verse 13, we got it. Back in back at uh Second Corinthians six. Sorry. I'm done. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Okay, you can you read it please? Thank you, sir. <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 6 at verse 13. So just to be fair, I am using the language of children. Open wide your hearts too. All right. So Paul is asking us, he's just saying just to be fair. Open your hearts too. He said, I'm using the language of children. You can see it two ways. You can see it as Paul talking to the people of Corinth as if they're his spiritual children. But I see it like this. You only got to tell a child to do what's right. You only have to tell a child to be fair. You don't tell a mature person. You don't have to. It's just like if I, I'm going to use my, my nephew's name because I love him and I miss him. Cameron, if you watch this, what's up? Right. Um, so Cameron, if he, I'm going to use Daniel's son, Aaron, that's Aaron. So Cameron and Aaron are really good friends. Go to school together, hang out. Chill out a lot. Um, Cameron lets Aaron borrow his pencils, his paper. If Cameron got some food and Aaron hungry, Cameron go give it to him. Cameron just a real friend, right? And it's reciprocated. But let's say one day Aaron has a piece of cake at lunch. Cameron like, man, that cake look real good, bro. Let me get a slice. And Aaron, no. If I'm a teacher at the school, or if I'm a good friend to the both of them, I'm going to Aaron, bro, what you mean no? Don't Cameron have your back all the time? He let you borrow the pencils, his paper, he feeds you? Aaron, yeah. So don't you think it's fair if you share? Don't you think it's just to do the right thing to give Cameron a piece of cake? He, he just asked for a piece of cake. Aaron, yeah, man, you're right. Let me give him a piece of cake. That's what Paul is saying. Isn't it just fair for you to return Christian affection? Isn't it just fair to open your heart and be vulnerable with one another? Isn't it fair to open your heart to God? He went to the cross. Jesus went to the cross on our behalf, endured tremendous pain and suffering. I mean, was beat down brutally. Isn't it fair that we just give it all up and give our lives to him? Just be fair. Open your hearts to. It's only fair. It's only fair if we open our hearts to one another so we can bond in love and promote peace amongst the brethren. There's no way we can get to the lost. There's no way that we can get to the lost. Just be fair and open your heart. So according to what Paul has said to the Corinth, the Corinthians, excuse me, vulnerability is to speak with liberty and with freedom. 
And it's not hiding anything or holding anything back. So let's explore a little bit why we make being vulnerable such a hard task. I did. You know what I'm saying? Okay. We find safety in ourselves. That means we're full of pride, self-righteous, self-sufficient. And we say that there's no need for God. If there really was a need, we would have given up that secret part, that secret sin that we so dearly hold. We would have gave it up a long time ago if God was enough or if we saw a need for him. We don't like to be accountable, held accountable. Amen. Another reason we, don't, we may not want yep. to be vulnerable. We, lack, we don't trust people, the lack of trust. Talking about why, we're, why we make being vulnerable such a hard thing to do. We enjoy hiding and being incognito. We get some comfort out of lying because it feels good to us. We find comfort in withholding the full truth. I did. We try to protect the image that's false. And it's, it's no point. We may be afraid of rejection, afraid of what other people might think of us, afraid of being hurt or taken advantage of, afraid that people may gossip about me if I confess my sin to them. To me, what should be feared the most is what God would say when we face him and he says that you didn't give me your full heart. That's what I fear. I don't. It's not about what other people think about me. And sometimes we may not want to be put to shame. But again, got something for that. There's no greater shame than what Christ endured when he went to the cross. And then when you come to God and you confess, there's no shame or condemnation in him. So all of these are lies of the enemy that we're believing. Pastor's been teaching on the voice of the enemy. And we're allowing the voice of the enemy to lead us to not be vulnerable. Time to stop. So what happens when we're vulnerable with one another? We're going to explore that a little bit. We connect with one another. We grow with one another. It builds true intimacy. And true intimacy with God and man is built with honesty and trust. And if we're not vulnerable... There are some things in the scriptures that we're supposed to do that we can't. We go through a few, not all. It's many scriptures, to be honest. But we can't restore one another and bear one another's burdens, which is found in Galatians 6, 1 through 2. We can't encourage one another if we're not vulnerable. It's 1 Thessalonians 5, 11. If we're not vulnerable, we can't sharpen one another. Proverbs 27, 17. We are to confess our sins to one another. We can't do that if we're not vulnerable. That's James 5, 16. Can you go to that, minister, please? <laughs> this is that's my personality, so I'm being vulnerable. Oh, me would have tried to hide it. I'm just saying, okay. <laughs> All right. We there? Yeah, you can go ahead and read, sir, if you're there. Travel light. Um, James 5, verse 16. James chapter 5 and verse 16. Therefore, openly acknowledge your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Yes, Lord. All right. So the confession of sin with one another combined with prayer, Scripture says it brings healing. A lot of times 
we may not want to confess our sins to one another or be vulnerable because we, again, are afraid of what people think. They might gossip about me. They're going to spread it around the church. Love covers a multitude of sins. As a body, we're not supposed to be gossiping. We're supposed to, as the scripture says, pray so we can bring on healing. But we're going to look at confession because it's not just telling people your issues or telling people your struggles or telling people your sins. It's confession with purpose. So confession, it means to acknowledge openly and joyfully. It's to profess that you will do something. It's to come into agreement with, to promise, to celebrate, to give praise to. We're talking about confession. So when you confess, it's already from a place of victory that I'm going to overcome this. You are joining with your brother to pray, and now they're going to hold you accountable because you're agreeing to God that you're not going to backslide again. You're making a promise to God and to your brother that you're going to get this thing right and live and do right for the rest of your life, for the rest of you walking this earth. So it's not just, oh, let me just tell you what is happening with me or what I struggle with. It has to be with purpose because you can confess all day but not want to change. It, that's not of substance. We have to do things with purpose. So lastly, what does God do with the vulnerable heart? He can speak directly into it. Philippians 4, John 14, his peace will protect our hearts. God's peace will stand at the guard, will stand guard at the door of our hearts and keep the cares and the issues of life from distracting us and overwhelming us. His peace. I'm going to say the scriptures again just in case we missed it. Philippians 4, 7, John 14, 27. When we have a vulnerable heart, he can make our path straight. That's Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6. When we have a vulnerable heart, we will overflow with hope. That's Romans 15, 13. When we have a vulnerable heart, the Godhead can take a bold in us, and we will become one at God with God. That's John 14, 23. God will allow us to see him. Eight. What does passages say? What does love do? What does love allow us to see? God. He will allow us to see him with a vulnerable heart. Matthew 5, 8. He will cause all things to work together for our good. When we have a vulnerable heart, Romans 8, 28. Most importantly, what we've been talking about, he will, he's, God is able to accomplish his perfect will in our lives. Not the permissible, but the perfect. With a vulnerable heart. So in conclusion, vulnerability is not to be shunned upon, but it's to be embraced. When we're vulnerable with one another, God is able to move and healing can take place. The holes of darkness are destroyed and every evil work is destroyed in our lives because we've opened our hearts wide to receive one another and exchange Christian affection, love. When we're vulnerable with God, Holy Spirit can move freely because we're not hiding anything. We're not keeping bits and pieces from ourselves. We can pray the perfect will of God for our Father. I'm sorry, we can pray the perfect will of our Father when we're vulnerable. We can touch the hearts of the lost when we're vulnerable. We can lift our brothers and sisters up when they're in a fall when we're vulnerable. And most importantly, we can receive the word of truth with gladness. And we can advance the kingdom when we're vulnerable. So brothers and sisters, I urge you to be vulnerable.
take note of why you're not vulnerable. We identified some reasons. And tear that stronghold down. Glory to God. just want to say I'm very proud of my daughter. Thank you, Minister Whitney. Here at Walker Ministry. Hi, love. Hi, Dina. Oh, my God. Nice surprise. Everyone say hello to Dina. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, I tell you, because here at Walker Ministry, it is a teaching ministry. And by nature, humanity hates truth. By nature. By nature, humanity is self-serving. By nature, we are first prompt to lie. By nature. By nature, we're... We are to hate, not love. By nature, we are self-serving. By nature, we are to say what's right and not do what's right. But I want you to walk away uh, tonight with the reality and the necessity of how you must take hold of being vulnerable. It is essential. Do not take this teaching lightly. I have a lot of ministers here who have not been, in the past, not been vulnerable. So what happens is you slow your development, your spiritual development. And just like our children, or the parents, you have children and they're not vulnerable. That means that they're holding something back from you. So you don't get, look, it prevents you, Monica, from fully helping them, fully providing what they need. And this is what happens when we, as Christians, come to the gathering. We're not vulnerable. Because we do care what people think is our past. And it's something I often say. I said, when someone meet me, I want them to fully meet me. I tell my life because guess what? You may never have an opportunity to communicate with me again. I want to make an impression and an impact so much in your life when you meet me. That is something that will cause you to want to expose who you really are. And just be free to be, to express who you are. Not to stay in the position of who you are. But to share your life. We are afraid to share our life. I went to um, minister's tea class, built to worship. On Wednesday, and I'm pretty much like this in all her classes, to where, because I'm just free. I'm free. I've always been free from people. That was, thank God, was never a struggle for me because I was never a people pleaser. And when you become a people pleaser, you can never please God. Because when you stop pleasing people, 
guess what? You're still pleasing people. And I'm going to tell you how you're still pleasing people when you stop pleasing them. It's because when you stop pleasing them, now they're mad at you, and now you feel in some kind of way because you're no longer pleasing them. You're still serving indirectly pleasing people. It's too much bondage. It's too much being in prison for me to please people. If I'm living the word of God, and definitely if you're a believer, I am pleased that I'm pleasing my God. And I'm never going to start to, look. I'm never going to adjust myself to please you. Because my hope is because we both say that we're Christians, that you would be won over to see that the state that you're in and operating in, it shouldn't be that way. You shouldn't be pleasing people. Because God, you can't serve God. I was um, going back to, I believe it was uh, James 5.16. It says to confess your sins one to another and you'll be healed. But this is to a righteous person. And and see, this is the things that when we confess, I'm already in a place of high exp just to be delivered because he'll mean you will be delivered. Confess, celebrate. I'm just announcing. Look, I can't help but tell, look, another believer my celebration of my deliverance. And why I'm telling you what's going to happen now, Minister uh, Brandon, is that you're going to start to confess and celebrate your deliverance. Look, because deliverance beget deliverance. But because there is no deliverance, and I'm sharing, but with no purpose, I love that. We're both still bound. We're just talking about it with no real intent to be delivered. Snatched out of that way of thinking. Because I, I, I want you to understand that if you don't quickly place yourself around some righteous people, it's, a, it's because there are few. Because you won't get delivered. You'll never love. Guess what? Because they never check you. And, you. and you're too afraid to check them. Nobody checking. How are we going to improve? I'll just use this again. Around my small circle, every day that we're together, we break bread, the word of God. And we do this because we need to consistently sharpen our weapon. And so that this way of living should be, look, this should be your first nature now. You shouldn't be defaulting to your lower nature, which now makes it, I mean, it's hard to be a Christian. It's hard to think right. Hard to do right. Everything is not the enemy. It's just simply common sense and just having Courtesy and respect and honor for each other. Is anybody listening? 
let go. Just having respect. It's certain things I would never say to you because I respect our relationship. Certain things we, we're going to never encounter because how I honor and cherish our relationship. See, when the foundation of the relationship is already established in the very beginning, it is an integrity that holds the relationship. It's understood. Look, it's never spoken. But it's just understood. And I know when to pull back. I was, and I ended here, I was, because this is the, when you are vulnerable, you are going to be hurt. In the, in the smallest ways. And I'm always doing a self-check of me. If I could say the one area that I am developed in the most, it would be self-control. <laughs> and the reason I'm, I'm sharing that with you all is because when you are vulnerable, now a person that I am very vulnerable, I, I let people, when I let you in, you're all the way in. There's no other part to search in regards to me. But we can't really have a relationship if you don't do the same. So it's always going to be, look, awkward. Because one, you have my whole heart, but I don't have yours. I feel uncomfortable when I come around you. You know why? Because... <laughs> so anyway, the... Um, Pastor, can you come up? Because it's about you. <laughs> but it's about me. <laughs> it's about us. Can I push this back? We may need some space. You may start swinging. I don't know. <laughs> no, um, I was just sharing and just being vulnerable. Um, Pastor doesn't like surprises. I love surprises. <laughs> I love the I love the concept and the thought that you are thinking about surprising me. It's just great. <laughs> right? You love it, right? But Pastor, you can't surprise him. He needs to know exactly where we're going, what you're doing. Amen. And so um we had someone to surprise him when it came to where he's gonna go to eat. And uh place was closed and we went somewhere else, and then we, he had to walk, and it was, it was hot out. Uh, so he started sweating. Yeah, you didn't go. Yeah, you talk, You was exhausted. You was weak naturally. And uh, I am a person. <laughs> I'm a person who I can and will adapt to any situation. It's hot. I, okay. Yeah, I'm, yeah I, I will do that. So, but I have to, but I understand my husband. So certain things that you know about a person, you should keep that in mind. All right? So we, no, this is good. It's going to turn out good for you. So we're walking and, uh, <laughs> where you at, Keisha? <laughs> so we're walking, right? And, uh, and he starts to not complain, but he is complaining. And so... I'm like, oh my God, this is just gonna go bad. So he, he's sweating, and I mean, sweat is coming down. He don't have no, he has nothing to wipe his head with, you know, sun beaming off his head. And I'm like, oh my God, can we get to a place? We go to one place, and we go to another. It's closed, it's closed, and we done walked all over the place. I said, oh my God. And they kept apologizing to people, they kept apologizing. So Pastor, just give us grace, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he did, it's not your fault, you know, just me, da, da, da. And then I happen to say, as we're walking, I'm getting to the point, because I know myself and I know my husband, to where I'm trying to prevent myself. I'm not a person that when it comes to be, getting into my emotions that I'm, you know, they go crazy. But I, frustration 
for me, is the first, and then it's irritation. So I get irritated, right? Frustrated and irritated. And when that happens, then it's just, I'm not at peace. So when that happens, I shut down. There's nobody home. <laughs> so I'm just gonna let you guys in on our, you know, our life. And so there's this huge pole. Freedom, we downtown Norfolk. First of all, we're in Norfolk, so he's not used to going out to eat in Norfolk. So it was just a whole mess. You know, I don't go eat in Norfolk. I said, anyway. Like, what's up with Norfolk? <laughs> so we, you know, he walking, he frustrated. Oh, it's hot. Yeah, wipe my head, I'm hungry, I'm hot. <laughs> so here is his pole. I said, to watch out. You know, I, pay, I see the pole, I see the pole. <sighs> Somebody that was with me, was I exaggerating? <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> so I'm like, okay. I'm like, uh, I take a deep breath, okay. Then I said, well, I was just trying to help you avoid from not walking to this huge, I mean, it was a huge pole, like that column right there, right? <laughs> I, so I'm getting, now what's happening with him being irritated, I'm gonna get irritated because He's irritated, but I, I, so I was like, I pull, I pull, yeah, and so I pull back, and I said, well, I was, I was just trying to look out for you. Like, yeah, 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 I know, I know, but you know, I said, okay. Hi, oh, but it was, it wanted to go somewhere. The small, see something so small, right? The condition, because I was hot too. It was hot. I had conquered that. And look, that, yeah, I menopause. And so this dude is like freaking out. So anyway, long story short, we get to the place in a, a different place. And first of all, he getting there. Oh, he says, "Wait, I need something to wipe my head." I said, "Well, we're in the restaurant. Go to the bathroom." <laughs> <laughs> Pastor, we don't have enough time for that. So, <laughs> my whole point is I shared a part of my private life and my thought when it comes to really not just about staying in the place of love. You know, I'm talking about God's love because it is a it protects you from yourself. It, it does, and I want to do that. I, I, I was telling, I said, I am, I intentionally try to be on the alert for any time I will be out of control. And for me, out of control is real quiet. It's me being irritated. But my sounds is extremely loud, I'm sure. Right? <laughs> you guys says yeah, everybody the church says yes. <laughs> and so I want you to definitely learn how to be vulnerable and learn meaning that you you're gonna have an opportunity to do that. This was such a phenomenal teaching. I I really had to contain myself with my response, uh, Minister Whitney, because it's so true and you spoke, you know, about yourself and I've, I've seen you throughout the years and I've been trying to get, you know, have a more intimate relationship with her. And she's come to a place now where she realized as to why we couldn't. Look, I wanted to, and I'm sure you wanted to too, but it was the lack of being vulnerable and still yet that prevents you from growing. So I want you to really all, as you leave today, really take into account that your growth, your spiritual growth, and also natural growth, is really depend, and it hinges on greatly on you being vulnerable. Definitely with the ones that you, you love.
the people that you see every day. Definitely you have the body of Christ. And you can, you know, you know, be led by the spirit as to who you're being vulnerable with. <laughs> but you definitely need to love. Be vulnerable enough to receive and expand your heart open to for someone to not speak to you. And because I've spoken to people and I'm like, my first place I go is that, oh, she must didn't hear me. So I go, even close. I said, hey, how you doing? I said, oh, I thought you didn't hear me. I said, I want to make sure you heard me. I did, didn't I? But it's, it's serious. But you end up walking away with attitude. Person didn't speak to me. Maybe they didn't hear you. Or maybe they did. And you need to do it in a more intimate way. Amen. Now, my side of the story is, I'm going to tell y'all now. <laughs> I can't say nothing. The food was good, though. Once I got there, it was excellent. I was so nice. I was so nice. Look at that. It was like 18 hours. I haven't had any food. I haven't had any food for 18 hours. I didn't go to bed till 4 o'clock. I taught. It was last Sunday. I mean, come on. I had a right, right? <laughs> Absolutely, I did not. But that's how we think sometimes, though, right? Whitney, you did so awesome tonight. And you look so beautiful. You look so beautiful. And listen, y'all be in agreement with me because I, I have spoke some things over her, and she is deserving of God's best. Now, I can call them for my daughters. So y'all going to be in agreement with me tonight? For her man of God? He's somewhere. I'm, I'm calling them in now from the north, the south, the east, the west, wherever. But I need somebody in here to agree. I want, them to have, I want her to have what y'all have. I want her to have what y'all have. I want her to have what we have. I want her to be complete. Amen? Man, you got to want it for her more than you want it for yourself. That's how you get it for yourself. Woo! It coming, Whitney. Are you ready to receive them? Huh? Yes. All right. Y'all just be prayerful, all right? Amen. Stand to your feet, please. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Ooh, I feel like speaking some things. Jesus, my God. It's not over.